Have you spent money on prepping and later found out what you bought was a waste? Have you needed your preps and found holes in your plan? Do you know things now that you wish you had known when you started? We're going to talk about that when we come back. Welcome to Practical Prepping. Today is September 13th, 2023, and this is episode 415. This is the prepping podcast with no bunkers, no zombies, no alien invasions, just practical prepping, where we believe that stuff happens, so we need to stay prepared, and we're here to help you get prepared. I'm Krista. And I'm Mark, and today we'll be talking about 10 things we wish we had known before we started prepping, and these things may help you as well. Now, if you'd like the expanded notes for this episode, go to practicalprepping.info forward slash 415. And if you haven't received the Practical Prepping newsletter yet, go to our website, practicalprepping.info. Click on free PDF. You'll receive the Getting Started in Prepping PDF, and you'll be added to our newsletter. You know, we all started prepping at the same place. From scratch. Yeah, from ground zero. Some of us learned some expensive lessons along the way. You know, I didn't really understand prepping at first. I didn't either. I kind of understood the concept of having two cans of something instead of one. But in terms of preparedness, I wasn't really on board with preparedness because, you know, 20, 30 years ago, I was kind of languishing just like a lot of people were in America. The grocery store was within a very short distance of Mm -hmm. my house. Utility companies provided the water, the electricity that I paid for, and I just was dependent on others to provide the things I need, or I was dependent on myself to go get those things, and it was never a big deal. Well, you did have some food stored. I took the opposite direction, and I bought a lot of guns and a lot of ammo. Yeah, but what were you going to eat? I don't know. (laughs) See, (laughs) well, there you go. Looking back, I know that we did some things we shouldn't have, and we bought some of the wrong things and for some of the wrong reasons. Like I said, I personally didn't store food and water in the beginning because I didn't understand what prepping really is. Now, today we're sharing 10 things that we wish we had known before we started prepping. Some of these may help you. You may be beyond some of these, and you may also have some that we don't have on our list, and we would love to hear about that. So drop us an email if you have something else you would like to add to the list. Number one, make a plan. Make a plan especially if you're starting out. Now, what is our plan or plans going to look like, Mark? Well, we're going to start out with a risk assessment. What are we most likely to face? And we're going to talk about that more in just a few minutes, but we're going to do a risk assessment. Then we're going to do a prepping plan. How are we going to prepare for the things that might happen? We're also going to do a financial plan because financial planning is part of prepping. If you're just getting started, don't go buying a bunch of stuff right now, but you can start storing shelf-stable foods while you make your plan, but get started on that plan. We need to prepare for more than societal changing end-of-the-world type events. This is what I didn't so much understand at the time, and this is where that threat assessment really comes in. What are you most likely to face? You know, for us... 
it's going to be weather-related, like a tornado. And from that could be power outages. Even from a very strong thunderstorm, we can have power outages. Mm -hmm. That's a definite thing that will happen and has happened. Once in a while, we'll have ice. Rarer still, we'll have snow. But our power outages may actually come from, you know, a car accident where somebody hits the power pole down the block and takes out the whole neighborhood. Oh, yes. We've worked many of those. Here's some things you're more likely to face. For example, you're more likely to face food shortages than you are an EMP. We saw those shortages during COVID. Most recently, COVID was definitely where we saw food shortages at the Mm -hmm. grocery store. We saw entire shelves empty. Exactly. For weeks. But we have yet to have an EMP. Is it possible? Sure. Is it likely? Not really. Okay. I see what you're doing there. You're actually going through what we're likely to face as opposed to what some apocalyptic preppers mm-hmm. tell you to face, like the and, like the big ending stuff. And some of the things that I really had in mind when I began prepping. Ah. We're more likely to face inflation and skyrocketing prices Then we are zombies. Well, that's true. We're in the middle of that right now. Yeah. We're feeling the inflation and the price increases now. But we're not really being threatened by zombies at this point. Not yet. Not yet. And I've promised everyone who's listening, once zombies become an issue, we'll talk about it. Yeah. We we will address, you know, dealing with zombies if it (laughs) looks like we're going to have to address dealing with zombies. Yeah. (laughs) But right now, it's not an issue. Mm -hmm. And no, you don't have to have silver bullets. That's werewolves. Yeah. (laughs) Right. right, You're more likely to face economic downturn than aliens. That's true. Yeah. You know, we were between jobs there for a while, several years ago, and that that hit the hot pocket big time. It really did. And many economists are expecting a recession within a year. They've been whispering it for a while. They really have. We know that it's looming. But we're also beginning to see some things coming out from the government with these unidentified aerial phenomenon that Uh. makes you wonder that aliens could be a possibility. (laughs) Uh, They may be more possibility than zombies, but we'll deal with that if it comes along. Exactly. And you're more likely to face job loss than nuclear war. True. You mentioned that thing a couple of, a few years ago that we were between jobs and we were getting ready to move. And though it's not a job loss, retirement has been an eye opener. Well, you know, a lot of times you can have a broad stretch where your paycheck doesn't go as far because you may be between jobs or you've taken a lesser paying mm-hmm. job just to try to get the bills paid. But, you know, all of us have gone through that roller coaster mm-hmm. financially once in a while. And that's definitely a very big part of prepping. It really, really is. Here's one that we wish we had known at the time is, or at least I do, is you'll need to eat a lot more than you'll need to shoot. Because prepping, truly, it is a whole lot more than guns and ammo. Yeah, it's more than gear. Firearms and shooting are a lot of fun. They really are. And they have their place. But every time we personally have needed our preps, for whatever reason, we've not needed our firearms. But we have needed food and water and a way to stay sheltered. Warm in the winter and cool in the summer. Mm -hmm. Another thing 
that we learned is you'll need a lot more water than you think. You know, that's true, especially if you are stockpiling freeze-dried foods or dehydrated foods that will require water for prep. There's that water need. And then, of course, there's your own drinking water, mm-hmm. which you cannot deny. We know that you're, if you're between three and four days without fluids of any kind, you're pretty much... You're in trouble. You are in... You're, you're on the downhill slide. Now, the FEMA and the Red Cross recommendations say one gallon per day per person. Double that. Absolutely. Because as you mentioned a minute ago, you've got drinking, you've got food prep, and you've got hygiene issues. Mm-hmm. But don't forget your pets. That's right. We stock up for our pets. We, we've made that plan. But now livestock is a whole other thing. Uh, they're going to need large amounts of water and If you've got a lot of livestock, you probably have access to a lake, a pond, or a stream, and you may have to haul water from that to be able to purify it for drinking purposes. That's true. I mean, everybody's situation is different. Something else that we wish we had known then that we do know now is that, and we mentioned it a moment ago, that financial preparedness is prepping. It is important, and it's hard to do. Gosh, we know. We are right there with you. We're t- we're not coming from this we know it all and you don't. We're struggling with you in areas of struggle. It's, it means you have to live below your means. Mm-hmm. It means that you've got to pay attention to the must-pay bills, to get on and to stay on a budget. We're right there with you. Don't go into debt to become a prepper. Yeah, Uh, somebody said if you're in the hole, the first thing to do is stop digging. Exactly. So build that cash emergency fund for the unexpected expenses. You know, every once in a while, somebody's going to have to buy a whole new set of tires Mm -hmm. for a car. You've got to prepare for that. And I, I got news for you. Tires aren't $25. No. <laughs> they're just not. I remember when they were, yep. but now they're, you know, <laughs> start around 125 each. And if you need four, that's, a you know, it's 500 yes, bucks. Five, $600 exactly. right there. And as you can, start investing now. One, save 10% of your income. I know the paychecks are stretched right now. Krista and I are saving every paycheck but right now we've pulled back from that 10% just a little bit. Mm-hmm. till we kind of get to, our footing. we can yeah. get this retirement budget worked out. <laughs> and as you do invest, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Right. If you drop that basket, you're in trouble. Diversify whatever investments have some in cash, some in savings, maybe some in investment strategies and You can talk to some good financial planning advisors about that. Now, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsors, and when we come back, we're going to continue our discussion about the things that we wish we knew when we got started prepping. We've seen all the water system contamination after flooding situations. We've also seen water systems contaminated with hazardous materials. Our water sources have all kinds of nasty things in it. And the commercial water systems are not actually required to filter everything out. How much would you invest to guarantee that your family always has clean drinking water during an emergency? $69.95? That's how much the Pro One Scout 2 portable water filter costs, and it holds four-tenths of a gallon of water. $139.95? That's all the Pro One Big 2 cost, and it holds two and a half gallons of water. That's an investment. To make it even sweeter, you can purchase the Big Two, 
with four interest-free payments of just $34.99 each. Now don't tell me that $70 or $140 is too much to pay to guarantee that you and your family have clean water regardless of the situation. The link's on our website at practicalprepping.info. Go check it out and then order yours today. Someday, you'll be glad you did. Do you go through a lot of AA batteries? We do. We have them in flashlights, remotes, ham radios, voice recorders, clocks, portable radios, even the recorder we use to record the podcast. We go through a lot, and it gets expensive. I was on 4Patriots' website and found something that looks like a solution to that problem. They're offering a USB rechargeable AA or AAA battery kit. At the time of this recording in September of 2023, they're $29.99. The kit comes with four USB rechargeable batteries, a case, and a USB dock. You can also charge them from your computer or other USB device. They're rechargeable up to 500 times, charge in as little as two hours, and they hold a charge for 12 months. If you go through a lot of AA or AAA batteries, you need to take a look at these. Running the numbers, it looks like it will save a lot of money over time with a small investment now. For Patriots, the link is on our website at practicalprepping.info and use the discount code PREPPER for 10% off your first order. Welcome back. And the next thing that we wish we had known is that knowledge is more important than gear. Knowing how to build a water filter is better than just buying one. And we're not saying don't buy one. We have one that sits on the counter, and we have multiple personal water filters, one in each bag. And, you know, we definitely believe in water filters. But if you have that one water filter and it breaks, you need to be able to build a water filter. And you can do that from a two-liter bottle some rocks, some gravel, some charcoal, and some sand. There's a lot of ways to purify water, but you have to know how. Well, you know, and in that vein, knowing how to cook on an open fire is better than just owning a propane camp stove. We long advocate that you should practice these techniques at home when there's no emergency. Mm -hmm. You need to put yourself through the process and understand what it means if you're doing the open fire, the camp stove, the grill, the whatever your means are, you need to rehearse yourself on that. Also, knowing how to grow some of your own food, obviously, is better than just buying it at the supermarket. Now, I, for one, I hope grocery stores never close. Mm -hmm. And I hope that there's always one available when I want one. I'm with you on that. I like convenience. I like having to know that I can get it when I want it. But let's say I can't get it when I want it. Even if you can... Things like backyard-grown tomatoes always seem to taste better than the grocery store Don't tomatoes. They, they, they really certainly do. do. I'd rather have a garden mater than any other kind, oh, just yeah. fresh from somebody's yeah. garden. Here's a very important one, and that's don't assume everything you buy will work when you need it. You know, a lot of folks make the mistake of trying to learn how to use their gear right in the dead middle of a crisis. Mm -hmm. That's not the time. Nope. It's not the time to be testing it out. You might find that the one you bought doesn't work. Kind of need to test that ahead of time. Actually, yes. We need to practice with all of our gear, not only the first time, but 
we need to practice with it. And I come back to the ham radios that were bought and thrown in the bag just in case. Oh, yeah. That thing is not intuitive. The one you bought is difficult to program. Mm-hmm. And so you need to know how. And yes, I know which one you bought. You <laughs> bought it because if you're not a licensed ham radio operator, I know which one you bought uh-huh. because I know what the prices are on those things. Right. And we have several. I'm not knocking that radio. No, heck no. What I'm knocking is people buying them just in case. Yeah, and they and think not that, learning what they're doing. And in the middle of a rippling chaotic crisis, they think they're just going to intuitively know how to switch it on and get going. Mm-hmm. And that's just not how that works. All other communications is out and you need help now. That's not the time to be reading the manual trying yeah. to figure it out. Start training with that. All right, we'll go ahead. Here's one. Store what you eat and eat what you store. And we have said this over and over again. If you're a newbie prepper and you're just getting started, you're on the ground floor of this thing, the 25-year food buckets, those are great, but we're not suggesting that you buy those first off. Right. Your emergencies may consist of a day, three days, Mm -hmm. a week at the most at this point. You don't want to bust open your 25-year food supplies if your emergency is basically 22 hours. Right. So buy the food you normally buy. Mm -hmm. In other words, just create another pantry for your pantry and then shop yourself out of it as well. Rotate rotate that. One of the good things about the 25-year food and, you know, full disclosures, we do have four Patriots as an advertiser. And we have bought some shelf-stable food. We buy some things from them. And it's good stuff. Absolutely. But we don't want to get into it for a three-day snow. Exactly. And another good thing is you don't have to rotate it. Well, I guess you do. Every 25 years, you need to rotate that stuff. (laughs) Our 25-year food in there is we forget about it. It's just we don't have to worry about it right now. We'll know. When the times come when for the time that bucket comes, to be opened. It's coming out. Yeah. And, and there's several, several packages of stuff in there as well. Oh, and here's another thing, too. We're talking about food and water. Well, basically food at this point. Don't go hog wild over just, you know, bags of dry rice and dry beans. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, if you want to buy a 50-pound bag of beans or a 50-pound bag of rice, unless you go through that much in a reasonable length of time normally in your daily life. Well, you can you, know. you can store beans and rice both for a long time. But if you go off and buy, and I've seen this recommended in some of the forums and some of the go- uh, groups, and that is you need to buy 50 pounds of beans and 50 pounds of rice. Right. Right now you've got a 50-pound bag of beans and a 50-pound bag of rice. Exactly. You're going to need to know how to put it in some Mylar bags. You're going to need some Mylar bags. You're going to need to vacuum seal. Or if you put it in inside the bucket with no Mylar, you're going to need food-grade buckets. You're going to need to treat that a certain way. I bought 10 pounds of rice not too long ago. Mm Mm-hmm. And I just have it in there stored in the original packaging. And the way that Krista rotates or shops from our pantry, when she needs a pound of rice, she goes and gets a bag of that. Right. Then we can replace it. But rather than buying, overdoing it with beans and rice, it's better to have canned meats and veggies, soup mixes, pastas, and this is definitely much better for the short-term issues. Yeah, just try to think of it as an extension of the food you're normally going to 
reach for when you're preparing meals mm-hmm. anyway. It makes it so much more convenient. And in the middle of a crisis, you want as many easygoing things happening as possible. Correct. And you can build that supply over time. Start out with a one-week supply, then a two-week supply, then a month, and then for as long as you wish. I mean, if you want to store up a year's worth of food, go for it. But remember, you have to be able to rotate that every year, basically. Mm-hmm. Yes, pretty basically much. Basically every year. So several months is great. You'll be ahead of 90% of people in the world with That's that. That's true. Another thing that we needed to learn or wish we had known, and it was not a personal problem for me at the time because I was a paramedic and I had a huge trauma kit, but I've added it here anyway. And this is one Krista was not up on, and this is that you will need first aid training and supplies. Yeah, and for more than just the Band-Aid stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. More serious type injury, we needed to learn CPR. Mm-hmm. Now, because I was an educator, I was allowed to learn CPR at no charge. The county fire department would come, and they actually certified us in CPR, both the adult version and the infant version, and they are entirely different. They're entirely different, so do but learn if, you, those. if you do a CPR class now, they're going to include both of those. I think so. You'd and CPR. they actually do the hands-only CPR. Right, exactly. Speaking from a guy that's done mouth-to-mouth resuscitation twice, that's a very good thing. I think so. And that'll actually get more people willing to oh, yeah. to jump yeah. in there. Also, along with CPR, learning how to stop bleeding. There's all different kinds of bleeding. Mm-hmm. You know, blood is, is disturbing, you know, to look at and it deal is. with. But you got to stop it and from happening. sometimes when you're stopping major bleeding, you're going to get it on you. That does happen. And that's where the nitrile gloves come in great. Mm-hmm. But you may not have time or access to those at the moment. Also, learn to use a tourniquet. Learn about pressure points, pressure dressings. Learn to care for burns. If we're out there cooking on an open fire, we could have burns. It could happen. Learn how to splint fractures. And build a good first aid kit. Now, we say build because it's really cheaper to build than it is to buy. And you can get the supplies you really need rather than having that 199 Band-Aids. Yeah, when they say there's a 200-item first yeah. aid kit, 199 of those items are might, pink, might pinky be, Band-Aids. Might be Band-Aids, yeah. but you can customize it. You can load it up according to your level of training. Exactly. And you can carry it with you. And that's a good idea is to carry a first aid kit with you. Well, it's no good if it's at home and you're not there. True. True. And then we don't want to forget about a hygiene and sanitation plan. Yes, this is part of your plans. We call this the poop plan. You know, yep. like the book says, everybody poops. Everybody poops. And so you're going to have to deal with human waste. Mm-hmm. At some point, what is your plan for how that's going to take place and what you're going to do about it? And there's several ways to go about that. And we may cover. Just a poop plan episode. Uh, We may have a poopy episode. Uh, A poopy episode. I like it. Well, okay. Everybody poops. (laughs) They do. But we need to have a plan to stay reasonably clean. We're talking about hygiene and sanitation. So you are going to need some of that water. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now You're not going to have enough, most likely, to be able to take a shower or fill up the bathtub and soak in it. But you need to have a plan to stay reasonably clean. You need to be able to brush your teeth. You need to be able to, you know, wash your hair and clean your body to some degree. There are folks that are stockpiling 
dry shampoo and what's known as an adult wet wipe, which mm-hmm. is basically an enlarged yeah. basic wet wipe. But this is like waterless forms of cleanliness. Well, mm-hmm. hey, they're better than nothing. Yeah. If you've got it, use it. And if you don't got it, maybe you need to get some. But that's something you have to address is personal hygiene. And many of our soldiers took these dry baths with the wet wipes and mm-hmm. such mm-hmm. when they were in the sandbox. Absolutely. You have to stay clean. You know, you say in soldiers made me think about taking care of your feet. Mm-hmm. When If you're sloshing around in the jungles and you're in boots and wet socks all the time, you're going to be faced with a fungus and an infection problem with your feet. You're, you may even be facing blisters, friction, and irritation, and that's yeah. miserable. Even if your socks are getting wet from sweat, we need to take care of the feet. That's why we need to have those extra socks to be able to change, I'd say, daily. And then when we come across a creek, wash them out, mm-hmm. let them dry. You may even have to carry mm-hmm. some medicated powder to help keep your feet dry as well. Even inside the sock, mm-hmm. you can put some of that powder in there. Good episode today. Yeah. And there are just some things that we wish we had known when we were starting out. And you may have others that we would welcome an email and add those to the list. Today's cup of coffee comes from our friend Betty. Yay, Betty. Thank Thank you, Betty. Thanks, Betty. We really do appreciate that. Sure do. And if you receive value from the podcast, would you help us like Betty did by giving back a little by buying us a cup of coffee? You'll find the link on the front page of the website, and we sure will appreciate that. And as Krista always says, Stuff happens. Stay prepared. And we'll see you next time. (laughs) 